0: I can hear it too. Okay good. Uh, to these just this is as good as we can do right no, now, I yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well I hope everybody's here except <laughs> Um, so welcome. In case you don't know, I'm Carol and this is Andrea. And we're both, we're both really happy to have this month or in some cases two weeks together to just explore this particular style of Vipassana meditation. So I'm sure you're all aware that that's our intention <clears throat> in this morning and in the, the morning um, reflections and the group interviews and the talks to really give us all a month to practice this style kind of exclusively and just see for yourself how it works, where it goes, and if and how it's useful to you in uh, your understanding, in your daily life, in uh, the whole mandala of your life of uh, wisdom and compassion and meditation practice. So um, that's what we're here to do anything yet? She'll say, she'll wait. (laughs) I'm going to talk and then she'll fill in all the myriad gaps that I leave. Um, I had notes, but I brought my wrong glasses, so I can't read them. So (laughs) that's how it goes. So probably, no, it doesn't work, thanks. It's got a stigmatism (laughs) I can't change. Um, Probably most of you know that the, the way, at least the way I talk about this particular style of Vipassana, I learned a lot from Sayadaw Tejaniya, but then influenced through my own practice. Um, same with Andrea. And I just want to say from the start many of you are familiar with this, many of you not. It's simply another angle of our Satipatthana. Vipassana, Mindfulness, Wisdom practice. So please don't be setting up in your mind uh, this is somehow different from Satipatthana or this way is better or that way is better or that you even have to compare. There's many, many different styles and angles to come in on the Satipatthana foundations of mindfulness leading to wisdom, compassion, freedom of heart and mind, many different ways. This is simply one way. And in my experience of this and all the different ways I've practiced, the way I really learn the best is to really dedicate a period of time in my life to practice in a particular style, more or less exclusively. For me, I'm not talking a month. I'm talking years. But we'll start with a month because that way you really see the ins and outs, what's supportive, what isn't. If we practice two weeks and think, "Well, that doesn't work," I get much more concentrated this other way. So, to hell with this. And you know, we we uh, we slide out of the difficult, uncomfortable places and back to where we're comfortable. And you may think you're not comfortable with noting, 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 but it's, if that's how you've been practicing. But whatever we've been practicing becomes familiar. And the difficult aspects become familiar. And what i found is when I change techniques of meditation practice, those habits have been like the hardest to see through and shift. I mean, I never smoked, but I think it's almost harder than stopping smoking. So to stick with it for a while, isn't We don't have to push, we just have to keep coming back to this style, and then we start to see where it goes. And we, we see different things than we see with other styles. And they end up complementing each other, really. So, just want to put that out so you don't have to let your mind get into a right or wrong, good or bad, better or worse kind of thing. Just explore and see where it goes. So this morning we basically want to be practical and just explain how to do it. I give a little overarching, a little bit—not much theory, but practical. So, not this is not from Abhidhamma way of talking about things, but really a kind of experiential. Uh, it's the way one of the ways Tejaniya would describe, but I find it helpful. So, really, what we're cultivating here is the steadiness of mindfulness, steadiness of awareness on any experience whatsoever. We're not cultivating the steadiness of any particular experience. It doesn't matter what we're aware of. We'll get there. So one way you could talk about experience, we're talking about it, is is that there's two sides of any moment of experience. A moment of experience we're talking about is any sense door contact, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, thinking, emotion, the mental, right? I'm assuming you're all familiar with these things, the six sense doors. So we tend to call that the object, seeing or feeling a sensation. And at the same time arising with it is the mind, right? And the mind and the object arise together, two sides of the same coin. The, the mind's function is to know. The object's function, this isn't Abhidhamma, <laughs> the object's function is to be known. So whatever can be known becomes object. A lot of people don't like the word object. Just let it be, all right? It's just the thing that's being known and the knowing of it. Um, whatever that is, an emotion, a sound, the sound of my voice, a pain in the body, whatever it is, aversion, whatever it is. Our ten. so these two are coming together. As you are aware from meditation in life, our tendency is to really focus on the object. And a lot of times in meditation, you know, we're really like naming and exploring and sinking into the object, which strengthens the mindfulness for sure. But we tend not to give so much awareness or notice the awareness, the mind-knowing side of the object. So there's object and the mind that's knowing. So... Knowing an object, just focusing in the object, that doesn't make it meditation. That's just how we go through life. Knowing in, in this aspect, there's the object and the knowing of it. We get more and more interested in the knowing aspect. So any object whatever can be known. Any object is the entryway into a moment of knowing. And when we're aware that we're knowing, when we recognize the knowing, that's when it starts to be this meditation. So that's what we're doing, really. Recognizing the knowing moment after moment after moment. Very simply, and we'll explain simply. Not getting into some, you have to be really deeply concentrated to recognize the subtlety of a moment of consciousness knowing. Extremely simple. So right now, can you feel your hands touching whatever they're touching? Yes, no. No nods, nods, yes. Okay. When you were probably was feeling that before, but when I said that, did you recognize the difference about becoming aware of that sense of touching? No, yes. yes. I mean, you could say no, <laughs> just something, <laughs> say something. That's the difference. It's not a big difference, is it? And it didn't require uh, concentration and it didn't require a lot of effort, did it? It did at that moment require my directing your attention to recognize the knowing. And so as we go along, what, as we, we, we begin by having more of a sense of personal effort directing, but, but as lightly as that was, but as we go along, recognizing the awareness, recognizing the knowing, that's what we're cultivating through all the activities of the day, the the awareness, the recognizing, the knowing begins to get its own momentum. And that's really where our interest is, not on making better objects, whether it's a subtlety of breath or less thoughts or feeling sensations when you walk. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter, which is really hard to believe. It takes a, a while for to believe it. That's one of the reasons we have group interviews because you really need to hear it from 75 different angles again and again. And I believe I've been through that. I've sat in many, many groups with Sadhu Tejaniya over many years. And it finally it dawned, I said, wow, he really doesn't care someone comes in and they're reporting this incredibly subtle experience they were aware of someone else comes in and reporting how they were off you know walking and talking to someone and then they were really aware of that and he's not like saying you know oh yes it's all equal but you really feel underneath but that one's so much better no it's like wow your really awareness is getting really steady while you're talking fantastic And it was really, it it took really hearing that. I thought it was the first time I really heard a teacher walking that. Not kind of saying, oh, it's all equal, but let's really go for the deep, subtle, subtlety. Because that's what strengthens the trust in this recognizing awareness. So it's kind of like the over. So those are the, the first thing. There's the object arising every moment of consciousness. The knowing of it's happening, that's normal consciousness. When we recognize that, it starts to become meditation. And then the third aspect is as we as more naturally recognizing the the knowing, the awareness, and most of you you'll find that's quite normal and easy. You know, it's it's really the the first insight in the progress of insight. Nama rupa, mind and matter, recognizing two things. Um, then we start to recognize what really makes it wise meditation is that there's wise attitude in the mind that's aware. So as we start to recognize awareness, like when I say, touch your hands, just very simple, but there, could, there will be qualities, mental factors, in the mind that's aware. So as we become more aware of, of the knowing, of the awareness, then we also start to recognize if the awareness is flavored with greed or aversion you know or if there's like a wanting going on or if there's a balance with wholesome or unwholesome you don't have to name it but we start to recognize that so again when i say feel your hands you feel again with the hands you might notice (laughs) that certain quality of impatience you have to name it but you'll feel the tension the tightness that lets you know there's kalatia there torment there and recognizing that of course that becomes the next object not a problem but the next object recognizing it recognizing it again we're back in awareness that's fine not recognizing it we can think we're meditating very carefully like take with a physical difficult physical sensation you're really aware you know you're aware but not recognizing the quality in the mind that's knowing of aversion I bet you've all had sittings where at the end of the sitting, like, I was really with that pain the whole time. And at the end of the sitting, you're sweating bullets, your teeth are gripped, you get up and think, thank God that bell rang, I'm never going back in that hall again. There was a certain tinge in the mind that was unrecognized, you could call it aversion, in the quality of awareness. So that becomes the third thing that we're noticing. I know that's a lot of information. We keep talking about that as we go along. So I'll just do a simple thing and then Andrea can, can add in. Huh? Just simply how we're doing it. So as I said, it's, it's not so much that we're trying to direct the attention to a specific experience. It's a very more receptive quality. Of attention that is recognizing what's happening by itself. So the first instruction we always give is relax. Not do relaxing, but just relax. So here you just would notice, let the body be how it is, feeling it, awareness of feeling it. Whatever's going on in the mind, in the heart, the weather system in there, relax. Just noticing it. Not trying to fix it, not trying to do something, but what's occurring and awareness of it. It's just like that. Relax. And I will say, well, I'll do this and then later. So we're, we're, we're basically, as we go through the days, developing an awareness that can just meet whatever's occurring, rather than starting from the side of objects and trying to fix the object so it's easier to notice. We're just letting life live itself so-called internally, so-called externally. Because anything that can be known, anything that can be known is an object. And you'll see that includes all our mental states and physical experiences and seeing and hearing in the environment. So we start by relaxing. And I'm going to come back to your hands, just feeling them right now, right? So as you feel them, Did you do that? Was that very simple or did you notice now that it's the third time that you tried a little bit harder? I don't know if you did or not, but notice if there's a difference. And so right now as you're sitting here, just letting the sensations that you feel in your hands. What do you feel? Anything. I know you're not allowed to talk in here, but say something. Anything. Tingling. Okay, good. What else is occurring that's easy to notice right now? Not Focusing in on the hands, but becoming aware that there's other stuff happening just naturally. Is there anything else that the hearing, hearing? yeah? Trying. What trying. trying? Good, great. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Breathing, yeah, You're noticing breathing, whatever else is occurring. Hearing, Pressure's temp aligned. pressure, okay, good, good. Like, I notice kind of like the temperature in the room. Whatever. Do you get a sense of how these other things are also occurring and easy to know at the same time Or you're feeling the sensations of hands, but you don't have to narrow in on it? You don't need that kind of focus. You feel the hands and then very naturally you're aware of breathing, you're aware of the hearing, you feel a coolness, or you notice you're trying, or you're feeling bored, or you notice you're thinking. All of that is part of the steadiness of awareness. Whereas in other forms it might be we try to not notice that and come back to the hands so we can really stabilize on the one object. Here is this relaxed attention. You notice whatever's occurring. I just pick the hands. And then whatever presents itself, just life living itself in a very simple way, that quality of relaxed receptive knowing and recognizing the knowing is kind of the way we start this practice. Whether you're sitting, whether you're walking, whether you're eating, whatever you're doing. So that quality of effort, do you start to get how it really isn't, the only effort is just to remember what's awareness noticing now. That is a little bit personal effort. In the beginning it is. As we as it gets momentum, you know the mind starts to remember by itself. You all know that. But a little bit of personal effort, what's happening now? And when you feel a sense of struggle, which you will, that at least that's a key to notice what's the quality in the mind that's knowing right now. It could feel like someone said pressure. You can feel that. You don't have to get rid of that. That's the next arising experience, oh so pressure. So it's this really simple non-striving quality of effort, but where the real wise effort comes in is in the perseverance. This isn't just in sitting. This simplicity of effort, of just recognizing what's happening, is every moment of the day. There really isn't any activity, and we mean this, that is somehow more privileged or more important to remember awareness and not some that's less, right? Would you agree? (laughs) Stop me if I say something you don't agree with. (laughs) And so we use the sitting, we use the walking, because they're simple activities, but we're not privileging them. It's just as important as your work meditation, just as important as if you're taking a walk. And this, I was just teaching a retreat like this at the retreat center uh, with Alexis. And, and he kept saying, and at first I thought he was overdoing it, I have to say. But then I really saw how it helped people. So he was going on the first days, he's going, relax. He's like, Look, really relax. If you're tired, sleep. Sleep as much as you need to. And he kept saying it until finally I said, enough with the sleep already, Alexis. <laughs> you know. But he was really saying. And, and, and after the third day, There were people that were like, oh my God, I never let myself rest at the beginning of a retreat. I was always pushing. And now that I'm rested, I'm so much more interested. I'm so much more present. So I'm saying that. You all just arrived. If you need to rest, rest. When you wake up, here's awareness again. Something just went through my mind. I needed to say. (laughs) Resting... Relaxing. <laughs> about effort before. Effort before. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> One of us will say it, whatever it is. Um, anyway. Yeah, So so really that sense of not pushing. Oh, interest. So what really feeds the effort It's not, I mean, the energy, I would say. And this this is really a wisdom practice. Isn't so much, I've got to do it right. We're not trying to get concentrated. We're not trying to have an experience. What we're cultivating is interest in the process. So it's really being aware, whatever we're aware, like when I said feel the hand and notice what else is happening. As that goes on, we start to get interested in just seeing how life is presenting itself seeing how the quality of awareness comes and goes, how it comes back by itself, the how when there's greed or aversion in the coloring or or flavoring the awareness, what the effect of that is. Rather than think, oh, bad, there's greed. It's like, oh, greed's in the mind. Greed feels like this. What's the effect Noticing, for example, if everything shrinks, if there's a lot of tension, if you don't notice other things, if you get into a sense of struggle, or you love it, it feels really good, you go out and say, yeah, greed is good, I'm going to go take a walk and whatever. You just keep watching what's happening rather than trying to make what's happening fit your idea of what should be happening. I think I'll let you talk for a little bit.
1: So the, uh, I'm going to kind of review some of the same things that Carol talked about and offer some of my thoughts on it. Um, the first piece is um, the uh, the effort piece. The very first thing that Sayadaw said to me when I met him was the only work you give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. And it's it's Really, really simple. Just reminding yourself to be aware. So that takes a little bit of recognizing awareness itself. So recognizing what is it to be aware. Are you aware right now? Do you know that you're aware? You may not exactly know how you know that you're aware. Because often, initially, at least for me, I could say, yeah, I know I'm aware, but I don't really know what that is. What What is that experience of being aware? And I would get all like tied up into knots with that. And Saira helped me to just recognize, just knowing that I know I'm aware, that's enough. That's all that you need to do. Over time, what I found is that as as I recognize, yes, I know I'm aware, over and over again, many, many times. I know I'm aware, there begins to be a sense and an understanding of what it is. What is that experience of being aware? And then when you know that you're aware, there's something, as Carol points to, there's something that we are aware of. What is that? Right now, are you aware? And what's obvious? Just what's obvious? What's the most obvious thing? Maybe it's hearing, or maybe it's body sensation. Maybe it's a thought or a mood in the mind. So what's obvious? So this is the awareness and the object that Carol was talking about. One more piece around um, mindfulness. When I first started practicing with Sayadaw, I, I, I kind of had the idea at times that if I didn't have control of what I was paying attention to, that if I didn't, if I wasn't making that choice, if I wasn't deciding to pay attention to the breath or to pay attention to hearing then I wasn't being mindful. And so that, that is, is not true, actually. The, the, this factor of attention that Carol was talking about, what we turn our attention to or where attention is, that's, a, uh, that's a, a factor in the mind. The attention aspect is a factor in the mind. And the mindfulness is a different factor. We can recognize this in a way, in in a very obvious, a very obvious kind of experience that if we're walking around and we're not mindful, we're thinking about something or, um, you know, our our mind is, is engaged not in what we are doing directly, but we're walking around the building and we're not like walking into walls and we're going through doors and we're finding our way. So something is paying attention there is an attention happening there but we're not doing that and so and we're not mindful either <laughs> so so there's there's the, the so we can see from that example that attention is a different thing from mindfulness and when we become mindful we can become aware of what attention is naturally or already knowing Whenever mindfulness arises, whenever there's mindfulness, it can simply recognize, where is attention already? We do not have to choose something else to pay attention to. Again, it really doesn't matter. It does not matter. The main thing is cultivating that steadiness of of the mindfulness, of the awareness. in terms of the um, reminding ourselves to be aware, Sayadaw would sometimes encourage a little bit of you know just kind of checking, am I aware? Maybe or maybe not using a question in the mind. You know, maybe just aware. And you don't have to use a question in the mind. But it's not about, it's not about, Asking a question and getting an answer, but just the, the kind of just kind of orienting to recognizing: Am I aware? And what am I aware of? What's obvious? So, am I aware? Of what's obvious? Initially, the the personal effort that it takes to kind of get the engine going, it may be that we have to remind ourselves a little more frequently. So in terms of that effort, the only work we give our mind to remind ourselves to be aware. At the beginning, we probably have to remind ourselves a little more frequently. It's like getting an engine going. It's like getting a, uh, I sometimes give an analogy, those of you who've sat with me have heard this many times, um, about riding a scooter, uh, one of those little kick scooters, not a motorized scooter, but a scooter. Um, a little platform where you've got one foot on the platform and one foot that you have to put down to tap on the ground. And that um, initially, to get the, the scooter started, you have to tap, 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 tap pretty frequently to get the momentum of the scooter going. But then after a while, you don't have to tap as frequently. You can ride, just let the scooter ride. And then you get familiar with what it feels like for that scooter to get wobbly, and you put your foot down and you tap again. To get a little bit more momentum. And so in the, in the mindfulness, the reminding ourselves to be aware kind of has that quality. Initially, we may need to remind ourselves a little bit frequently. Aware. And what's here? Just knowing. What's here? Am I aware? Recognizing. Whatever we can. Even just that we know we're aware. And then what's here? So initially, reminding ourselves kind of frequently. And then after a while, we'll begin to get familiar with what that momentum of, it, of mindfulness feels like. What it feels like to have the mindfulness kind of rolling, like the scooter rolling for a little while. What that feels like. And we also may start to get familiar with what it feels like for that mindfulness to get a little wobbly and when we need to remind ourselves again. So just the gentle tap, tap, tap of the scooter Again, on the scooter, you you could put your foot down and push really hard initially, but that would not be a very smooth ride. It wouldn't develop the momentum over time. Just tap, 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 tap gets the scooter going. And likewise, with our mindfulness, just a gentle, just enough, just enough for this moment. Right now, just this moment, are you aware? And what? Of what? Really simple, really simple. And then around the, um, the noticing the attitude or the relationship to the experience, that other piece that Carol mentioned, what I'll offer there is um, a kind of, I'd say, four basic flavors of attitude. There's three that are really, really familiar. They're related to mind states based in greed, aversion, and delusion. And so, these three are what, if they're not noticed, if they are behind the scenes and not noticed, they, we are essentially reinforcing greed, aversion, and delusion. And if we become aware of them, They can be simply known. Then they no longer function as that that kind of um, kilesa, that the torment of mind that Carol mentioned. They just become another object. And as we've been saying, it doesn't matter what the object is. Knowing, oh, greed is arising. That is being aware of the object of greed aversion is arising. So there's many flavors of these, you know, from, from the, the subtle to the obvious. You know, aversion could have flavors of irritation, slight annoyance, all the way to hatred and rage. So there's a, there's a wide range of, of attitudes in there, in, in all of these, in all, all of three of these um, um, kilesa attitudes that we can begin to recognize. The fourth flavor of attitude is what I'll, I'll just call overarching as balance of mind. And this is what Sayadaw calls wise attitude. The kind of mind that is okay with what is ever, whatever is arising. No problem. This is arising and I'm okay with that. And so initially it may be that we notice an attitude. We're we're noticing some pain. We notice an attitude of aversion. But then we can know, oh, there's a pain and I don't like it. Oh, I can be okay knowing that. And so essentially we get to know wise attitude by seeing all of the stuff that's in the way of wise attitude. So just, just recognizing, again, the curiosity. What's here right now? what's here and just recognizing it that's the next thing that's just the that's what's obvious in that moment whatever that attitude is now this uh, balance of mind attitude also has a different flavors to it it might be experienced or felt simply as okay i'm okay with that might be felt as kind of an equanimity a balance might have a quality of curiosity might be a flavor of, uh, of allowing or acceptance, might have a flavor of, of metta, of, of friendliness or compassion. And so even that balance of mind has many different ways that it may. there may be other qualities in the mind. And so when there's that okayness, it's like, oh, what's okayness like? No, not to jump over that either. It's like that's the next thing too. This is what okayness is like. And as we open to that, we may notice, oh, contentment, that's here too. as As Carol pointed out, that as we become aware, we begin to see other things that are here also. So noticing that okayness, we might also start to become aware of other flavors in the mind. Other beautiful qualities, other beautiful flavors in the mind. Do you want to say more?
0: You said about sitting, and just? Sitting? sitting? Yeah, you know, just tell them to try to do something. Sitting sitting and walking.
1: Oh, sitting, sitting and walking. We should talk about walking. Why don't you say something about sitting, because I'm not sure what you're pointing to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, in terms of
0: you know, the formal sitting and walking, what we've said is really what you do, but because, so don't know all of you, and maybe you used to, you sit down and you do something. You sit down and you feel the breath, or you sit down and you start with something. And here it's not so much that. Uh, Same in the walking, really. (laughs) So so it's exactly as Andrea was describing. You just sit and walk and be aware of what naturally presents itself. And we're aware, we realize... uh, I mean, in the beginning when I was working with Tayshin, he would never give any other instruction. And sometimes you're just... The energy's too low and you're just lost, right? So don't jump to your loss too quickly. Because that's part of the habit of our conditioned of other meditations, loss meaning three thoughts come, so you're lost. There's nothing wrong with thoughts. We're not trying to get rid of thoughts. So I should say generally sit down, and notice what presents itself. Whether it's you feel the physical, relax into that, whether it's a mood you're aware of hearing. And just as Anders described, just notice what's occurring. That's the main way. Same in the walking. You walk, notice what's occurring. You might be seeing, it might be hearing. I mean, a lot of times I'd be walking at shway yumin and say, I'm just walking and thinking about stuff. What the heck, you know, <laughs> am I doing this for? Because I used to focus. But it takes a little more time and a kind of a stability comes. When we talk about samadhi, we're used to thinking of it as kind of more brittle and focused in on one thing. It has like a, a stiffness to it then. This is a different, much more flexible kind of flexibility of mind. You can actually start to feel it, where whatever's occurring is not a distraction. In my experience and many others, it takes longer for that to be recognized, to cultivate. And our tendency is to take blame and think, I'm not getting some kind of result. i got to focus more on the breath. I'm lost. That's our habit. It's going to take some time to trust. But... If you're sitting, you're walking, and you're saying, you really, when I say, look, there's thoughts can come, suddenly awareness is back, and you recognize thinking. Great, recognize awareness and thinking. Perfect. There's nothing else to do. You're recognizing, and it happened by itself. Then maybe the next moment, you know, what's happening now? Am I aware? But as we know, there's times when you wake up, oh, awareness. I think I've been here half an hour. I really have no clue. Oh, awareness of thinking. Boom, you know, another half hour. Oh, awareness of thinking. Okay, at that point, then it might be useful to just let the awareness connect with something very obvious and tangible and simple that's occurring already. That might be breath. It doesn't need to be breath. It could be hearing. It could be the sensations of your hands. It could be just the body. But that's a a little bit of a choice of directed attention, really receptive, but connecting Let the attention connect with something obvious and re-recognize awareness just for a moment. And then notice whatever happens next, right? You get a sense of that. It's the same in the walking. I found walking easier than sitting in terms of my meditation habits. So the same in the walking. If you really realize you're waking up out of thinking you really don't know what's going on, feel your body, feel your feet, be with hearing. Direct the attention just for a moment with awareness to what's already occurring, and then re-recognize what's happening in the next moment. Same with moving through the day, right? Same with moving through the day. Um, gosh. And the one thing I just want to say about moving through the day is notice the schedule is, well, the Forest Refuge schedule isn't such a schedule, but we would have done that anyway. So rather than sit because it's time or walk because it's time, notice we make choices. If there's calais in the mind and you don't know it, that's driving the choice. I sit because I'm, I'm aversive to walking and there's nothing else to do but sit. No, that's why you're doing it. When you get up from sitting, notice what's going on in the mind. Is it boredom? Is it aversion? Or, or the skillful means. What's helping me balance the awareness right now? If you're sitting and you're too tired and you, it's hard to recognize awareness, then out of skill, you stand up. That helps refresh the awareness. You walk, that helps refresh the awareness. You're getting stale, you're getting lost. Do some lying down. Go outside and walk. But the, it's always checking what's, what's going on in the mind and what helps refresh the awareness, which can be any activity. That's really what we're...
1: I'll say a little bit more about...
0: Um... The schedule and the talks and stuff like that, the groups. Too I know. <laughs> um.
1: Okay, yeah, a couple things about. Um, I'll say one piece around um, when we notice that awareness has been lost. That moment when we notice, I mean, often as Carol says, the orientation is to noticing that we that we're lost. Or, but what's actually going on there is that we're back. Mindfulness has returned, and that is a prime place to begin to recognize awareness. So notice the awareness there. That's, that's really one of the first things to do. Rather than immediately jumping to something to direct the attention to, aware again. Oh, aware, aware. And then if you feel a really, if it feels like hard to just connect with what's obvious, that would be when to use some anchor, or not anchor, but just some obvious experience that helps you to, to connect. So. Um, we're going to do um, tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, we're going to do a, um, a, a, question, a question and comment section at, at time. Um, so we're going to let you really practice with this for a couple days, and then tomorrow night we'll take some questions in the hall. And so come to that if you wish. It probably would be helpful <laughs> to hear some of the other questions. Um, so that'll be at 7 p.m. tomorrow night, and we'll post a note about that. Um, and then uh, we'll start uh, the interview groups, the, the the practice discussion groups on Monday. Uh, so today and tomorrow really days to settle in, and then we'll the first there'll be two groups on Monday, um, and there'll be you'll each have one group Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, and then another group Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So two groups during the week. The group meetings are the main um, opportunity to. Uh, have discussion with us, and um, if there's something that you feel you aren't comfortable sharing in the group or that you feel like you need a one on one meeting uh, for for some uh, for a personal reason, leave us a note. We um, have some time that we can offer some individuals. Um, not a lot, but we have a, f- a few times, but that, that's how we'll, we'll handle that. We're not gonna put sign-ups up on the board. We're going to um, respond if you, if you leave us a note. And so leave us a note if you need to see us for an individual meeting. Is that it for?
0: Um, well, on, on, on often there'll be morning reflections. Oh, like morning reflections, yes. sitting, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Probably two out of three
1: days, maybe.
0: We haven't decided if it's just, like, surprise, (laughs) so come if you wish.
1: Tomorrow morning there will not be. Uh,
0: Sunday's like day off. That's like a thing we got from Burma, right, Sunday's day off. Not for you.
1: But tomorrow evening we will have the the questions, and then Monday morning, I will probably do a reflection at 8.30. And that's the other thing, is that the 8.15 today was just for today uh, because of the job trainings. And so we do need to stop now, so you can, those of you who have the 9 o'clock job training can get to that. Simple. Keep it simple.
0: Yeah, it's so simple you can't believe it. You'll think you're
1: not. <laughs> You'll think you're not meditating. <laughs>